Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me today, as always, my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? It's going from, I guess, Mythic Hero announcements this week and other stuff. It's sure. going. You sound so enthused about talking about Fire Emblem uh, Heroes because, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's not like, not like I was just complaining that we lose half of our Mythic Heroes a year to original character units. Yes. Which makes yeah. no sense because, you know, uh, I'll explain it later when we get there. Yeah. Time will uh, be popping up where you can have your uh, your soapbox for the... Uh, original content heroes but before that we're going to talk about the banners that are currently running we've got the weekly revival banner 36 scions of 12 going until the 6th of october abyss and Muspel until the 6th mythic heroes otter till the 6th ace archers assemble till the 6th <laughs> sensing a pattern uh legendary hero remix until the 6th I, I should have read that one before i said the other thing and finally, not until the 6th, Performing Arts Special Heroes Revival until the 15th. So there you go. And Eddie, I will preempt, uh, I will get ahead of your, your rant here, or at least your preload, preload, prelude to the rant. Um, I, have, I did not do any summoning. I did not get any free summons of note. And I am saving for Halloween, and I've got a good chunk, about 210 orbs as of right now, so I'm... Fingers crossed that this is a really stellar Halloween banner because I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. And if you really want want my rant, you're going to have to wait till later. I'll wait until we're actually discussing the hero in the um later in the show. Uh but I was seriously considering just skipping the banner after the free summon. Uh and if you saw Discord, you saw what happened, so I pretty much did that anyway. But um I did have the weirdest luck with free summons this week. I got a green off of the voting gauntlet banner. She was one of the heroes of those ace archers there. Um, As I showed on Discord and hinted at a second ago, I got Odor from my free summon on that banner. Uh, And just yesterday, when summoning my free summon on the Performing Arts rerun banner, I got Axera. So, had really insanely good luck on free uh, summons this week. Nice. That's really Uh, great. I'm glad that... uh... I'm glad, I'm glad that you had a, a solid free summon session. Yep, definitely saved me a bunch of orbs that I wasn't even sure I was going to spend. Because, you know, I was debating between my desire to get all the mythic and legendary heroes as soon as they drop. And just the fact that, yeah, odor. Yeah. Smell something in the room. As as I said on Discord when it first happened, I wanted someone odor than him, but... We both yeah. did a thing. That was uh, that uh, was pure timing right there. Um, yeah, well, yeah, but... that's good. I'm really glad that uh, that you didn't dive into the banner because I know you, you can sometimes be tempted to collect and fill out your uh, your 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 collection. So I'm glad that that was taken care of pretty easily. Um, yeah, I I mean the one thing that guaranteed that I didn't waste orbs on the banner was that I got lucky. I'm not sure I'd be wasting orbs because maybe I could have gotten a spare uh, bilith or something, but you know, yeah. At least I didn't waste any orbs and can save them up for Halloween and maybe spend less on that banner. There you so, go. We're both in a but, good spot. 
speaking of that Halloween banner, it's one of the few things left on the calendar because there is not much left on the calendar. Uh, tonight, as we record, we should be expecting the teaser for those Halloween, or I'm sorry, sorry, Fall Festival Heroes, uh, because we are getting the Tempest Trial login bonus and banner on the 5th. Uh, before that, uh, we're getting a new skills banner, a nice quick one, uh, starting on the 4th for EXP skills. Uh, on that Fall Festival banner and Tempest Trial, both start on the 7th, along with a login bonus for that as well, I'm pretty sure. Uh, along with a Bound Hero Battle Revival for Selif and Deirdre on the 8th, and a new Power Banner, a new Power Banner for those heroes we'll mention in a moment and the in the update uh, that closes out the calendar on the 9th. So, not a lot left in the calendar, but a few more days. And shortly after that calendar ends, we will be getting our next uh, Resplendent Hero because Soth has finally shown up in the game um and his uh nidalier garb shanna's going to be the next resplendent hero uh shanna sprightly flyer is the title uh, is her t- the title of the version of shanna getting the update uh and she's getting an emblem attire to wear so. nice yeah i think she looks really great uh it's one of the it's uh, one of the characters that is in my rotation, or not in my rotation, but in my uh, current subscription path. So I'm excited about that. Um, and uh, yeah, the Emblem attire looks really good. I, I really do like the darker colors on what is usually like a light blue slash white uh, dressed character, right? So I think she uh, she pulls it off really well. And um, yeah, not much else to say. Like it's book one stuff. So it, uh, yep. it kind of jumps out as like old school Fire Emblem heroes. So I like it. Uh, yeah, yeah it's good stuff. Um, we also got news of our next version update, which is going to be 5.10. Uh, oh, man, it's cut off here. Yeah, 5.10. And uh, yeah, the next update is coming on the 5th of October and brings mostly the usual stuff. Uh, Soleil gets a character-specific weapon in Soleil's Shine and refines for it. And uh, Levitain, Owain, Julius, and Bridal Tharja, Halloween, Larishel, and Halloween Kagero are five-star combat manuals. And four-star Young Innis, the uh, Amephra of Note. Uh, <laughs> I should have read this before. Uh, I, yeah, I broke that up poorly. But uh, Levitain, Owain, Julius, and Bridal Tharja are the other... Uh, characters getting weapon refines. Mm-hmm. Uh, Har- Halloween, Lair Shell, and Halloween Kagero are the five-star ephemera combat manuals, and Young in- Young Innis is in the four-star listing as additional ephemera of note. Okay, good, thank so. you. Yeah, and uh, but the big update that they're talking about here is an update to the Hero's Journey, which just wrapped its second. Uh, sort of uh, run through so we can prepare for its third offering it's going to have a bit of an update Um, they're adding a special currency again no surprise shocks here I feel like I don't even want to know how many special currencies this game has I feel like it's this one's unique because it's a I could be wrong before I understand it's a special currency that you get a very limited amount and only while Hero's Journey is running Mm mm-hmm and it is specific so. to Hero's Journey. It's not something you use yeah. elsewhere. Um, but essentially, uh, 
When you see a repeated event in Hero's Journey, you will get a memory fragment equal to the number of hearts that event was worth, up to 60 fragments. And three times during the event, you can use 20 of those fragments to unlock a specific memento event of your choosing, thus helping you get those stubborn events that just don't want to unlock for you. I don't know if you've been playing this mode, but I got the birthday one far too many times. I think it was the only memory I got in the second run through was a birthday uh, one. I started in on it, then I got distracted and didn't get in and get any of unlock any of the events like I intended to. I like sent out some characters to build up the stuff you need to unlock the events and then got distracted and by the time I went back to finish it up I realized oh it's already over. Uh but yeah I remember the first round I would get like you know I'd have like one or two events to unlock and since you really can't pick what what events are going to pop up you just got to pick a random one of three and hope it's the right one or you just suddenly see them standing in the rain with nothing else or standing in the rain with a ton of animals around them or you know same three or four events over and over again at various you know often at the same uh rapport yeah i agree this is a nice addition for those who just kind of want to like see all that's on offer and uh and expect this to get tweaked uh as of right now you're only allowed to do it three times during the event they may add more if they feel that there's more causing issues or you know hopefully they won't limit it more i don't see how they could no i don't think they limit it more i mean i think if you're looking at this like being able to unlock three scenarios um, I don't even know how many scenarios there are. Like, I think maybe there's got to be maybe five or six. I don't think there's many. Like, there are variations of each one, but... There's 15 scenarios. 15 unique ones? Three variations of five different scenarios. And you're unlocking one of those 15 things, events. Yeah. yeah. But from, like, a I-need-to-see-everything point of view, I guess, yeah, it's, you're only getting three of the 15. But if you're just looking to see the the unique the unique event then three of five not that bad right yeah if you only want one outcome of each event then yeah it's you know three out of five but i mean i personally want to see how the outcome varies when it's weaker or stronger so i like to unlock all the events when i'm able to remember and get in in time so yeah well, maybe they'll they'll uh, boost it for you down the road, but uh, we'll have to uh, like, see. In order to get those fragments, I'm going to see certain events over and over again. So hopefully I'll get, you know, at least 12 of those events before I gather 60 fragments. Yeah, because, you know? I mean, if you're only getting a fragment for each heart and they range from three to five hearts, you're going to need to play on, a, on, on the uh, low end four to get 20. Assuming, yeah, to get 20, you need at least four five star. Uh, repeats of the five-star event. So. Which, I didn't get any five-star events yeah, last time if, I played. If somehow you get all five uh, heart events, you need at minimum of 12 run-throughs. Technically 24, 12 to see them the first, or I guess 13, see one, and then somehow you get the exact same event again and again and again. You need 12 of that just to get enough fragments. So most likely you'll get the majority of the things and, you know, that last day when you only have one or two 
levels of the events to unlock, you should be able to get them. So I think it seems decently balanced. We'll see when the rubber hits the road when the next time it comes up sometime in October. Okay, well, there we go. So we'll see what that uh, brings us. Let's actually move into the big topic of the show, which is Mythic Otter? Otter? Uh, I didn't look at the pronunciation of this one. Do you Do you have that, or do you know it? In, often? in his video, I'm pretty sure it's, my name is Odor. Odor. Odor, you know. Right. So Odor. We've got the Mythic Odor banner running right now for a little bit longer. Uh, but on the red orb, you've got Legendary Edelwood. Altina and Valentine, Valent, Valentine. Why am I messing this up? Valentine, Pala. I know it's Shadows Valentian. of Valentine. You know Valentia, Valentine. I, <laughs> I would have got there eventually. Also, I, also, also, Elliewood, not Edelwood. Who's Edelwood? Should I know who that is? You're the one who said it. So I know. That's I what I'm saying. Do, but... I'm just now. I'm like. <laughs> Okay, all right. Well, let's move on. Maybe I'll do better with the blue orb. Blue orb, we've got Legendary Crom, Marianne, and Zeke. So I think I nailed that one, all three. Uh, green orb, we got Legendary Celica and Legendary Byleth, as well as Mythic Odor. Uh, and then Colorless uh, orb, we've got Legendary Leif, Shin- Shinon, and uh, I almost said... Uh, Shion, which is uh which is also an incorrect uh pronunciation of a character from Tales of Arise. Um and then uh, you got legendary Claude alongside uh Shinon. So you've got three archers there rounding out the mythic odor banner. So there you go. I I think I handled that well, Eddie. I think I did. Yeah. Uh, pretty well. I mean, the stumbling over Valentian, I mean, like, you know, it's not like can can Canadian is pronounced Canadian, you know, Canada to, you know, Canadian. It, it really no. depends on how much uh, uh, Just... of the maple syrup you've sampled before doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah, but um, Odor, King's brother, he's a Green Axe Cavalry Anima Mythic unit. He wields the Otto Leffenheider. I'm 90% certain Ryan assigned this mythic hero to me just so he wouldn't have to try to pronounce that name. And seeing how he had stumbled over the uh, people on the banner, it makes sense. <laughs> but uh, it gives him attack plus three and canto three during turns one through four. Uh, and this is the tradi- uh, the canto like uh, Regan has, where it gives him a guaranteed three spaces after he attacks a... Uh, enemy a building or uses a support move also if he initiates combat or is within two spaces of an ally gives him attack plus six and debuffs his foe by attack minus six during combat and he gets to make a guaranteed follow-up attack his mythic skill is a special called brutal brutal shell which at the start of turn one gives him a, a minus three to his special cooldown count pretty much if not activating it right away, almost activating it right away. And when it triggers, it treats his foe's defense and resistance as if it was reduced by 50% during the combat. Um, he also has a new Tier 4 dual skill for green cavalry that behaves like all other Tier 4 dual skills. Uh, gives him 5 health plus to the, to the other 4 stats in, uh, for calculating enemies in modes where your stats matter. Uh, gives him boosted stat, uh, boosted stats floor. Uh, so for modes like arena and such, 
He also comes with Flow Refresh and Attack Defense Menace. So, yeah, I'm not thrilled with him. I jokingly hinted my thoughts on this banner in Discord. I kind of repeated the joke earlier. Knew it was eventually coming since every base level original character villain gets a turn in the Mythic Banner Pool. Uh, but after we met him, the story I really was not looking forward to it. I mean, this guy, in my experience, is like Hubert, but without, you know, the charm that Hubert has, or the redeeming quality. I mean, maybe he's gotten better in the last couple chapters of the story, but what I've seen, I'm not holding my breath for that. No. He's not gotten better, and I and I think that's a really um, great comparison, is, like, he has that Hubert sort of feel, but he lacks, like that depth i guess it's got that hubert blind devotion and severity but hubert felt human compared to this guy with his love and care for edelgard and you know his his devotion to her had reasoning behind it and what happens in what he does in vernant win to make sure one of Edelgard's goals gets completed, even though he knows he'll be dead by the time it happens. Just gives Hubert a humanity that Odor has yet to show. And yeah, maybe part of it is, you know, what I was discussing last week with Musil and Niffel and Hinnat earlier with the weird situation that those two have. Um, you know, how they're just normal heroes and Odor is somehow a mythic hero. Yet I think either Muspel or Niffel could thrash Odor without even breaking a sweat, or I guess maybe an icicle for Nif- Niffle. Um, you know, but it's it's annoying that we already have so few, you know, few mythic heroes per year, and half of them are taken by banners like this. Uh, but, you know, and like I said, part of it's just I've not liked Odor since the beginning. I think Muspel or Niffle deserve the mythic treatment more than Odor does. Uh, I, I think it's interesting, like, I remember when Book 5 was announced, and we saw these, like mechanical suit horse things that they were like riding in and we thought oh it looks so cool and I still think it does and and we got Regan and she's awesome and and then our next one we get nine months later is is and I might be mistaken I'm pretty sure this is this is the the second one uh with Odor and and you're right he's just he's not a great character he has not um gotten better over the months, um, I did the latest, I think I did the latest story chapter and he basically, you know, spoiler alert, but I, I'm pretty sure he just dies and that's the reason we're getting him. Like, Yeah, oh, I figured he died or something like that in the story and that's why he's popped up because that's normally how it works. But um, it's just like, yeah, uh, really could care less about him. Um, like, uh, you know, we we met him in one of the first few chapters, and you know, in the pre- previous stuff before we actually had the story start, he looked kind of cool. Because uh, yes, he is he is the second one of those in these mounted units that we're getting, and I'll admit his animations look kind of cool cool with his machine guns and all. But I wish it wasn't attached to this character. From the moment he showed up in the game, I wish it wasn't attached to this character. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's in the game now. We we got through this together and uh we'll see we'll see who gets the treatment next and hopefully it's not a uh an OC character. Maybe it's someone right. from the Shouldn't games. be. They seem to break it up. 
And most likely, the well, no, let's see, the next OC character will be November. We might get another OC character right away because uh, that would be about the time that the end of the end of the story falls. And I think last year it was when we got double OCs on a Mythic Banner, which was um, uh, what's her name? Plumeria and oh, uh, not Plumeria. Plumeria was the one we got last. Uh, August or October or whatever, or July or September or whatever. But um, it was Triana and Freya. Freya, right. You know, it was double duty, I think. And it was the two that we hadn't gotten because we still have never gotten um, Freya other than the summer version. So, and we probably never will unless they just throw them in randomly. Uh, normal version of Freya. But, uh, these characters will, of course, be coming back from time to time. In December, Byleth will be coming back again. In January, Odor and Claude. February, Leaf, Air, who will, who has been moved from her original uh, planned return of December. And Naga, who has been moved from her original planned return of March. Those three will be in February. Uh, March will have Krom. April will have Altina and Celica. And May will have Elliewood returning. So Nice. We'll look forward to Edelwood uh, returning um, next May, May 2022. And, uh, yeah, no, I did that on purpose. <laughs> I uh, figured as much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, I look forward to their the new creator, the new character, which is essentially just Edelwood with a mustache. Um, he is the Wario to Mario of the Fire Emblem franchise. So He's, he's good from an evil alternate dimension yeah, yeah of, of course of course the, the mustache is star trek rules you know exactly oh i guess that's not mustache that's goatee <laughs> in, oh either way yeah facial in, hair in, evil looking facial hair <laughs> exactly exactly well there you have that to look forward to in the near future and other things you have to look forward to in the near future is the return of game club and we're doing something a little different uh, for the rest of the year which is we're going to be doing special discussions and what that means is we're going to basically be focusing on a Fire Emblem adjacent game. We did a poll, and the winner was Fire Emblem Warriors, which is very much a Fire Emblem adjacent game, sort of similar to Fire Emblem Heroes in that it pulled a lot of characters from a lot of different games. And um, yeah, it's different from Fire Emblem Heroes because IS doesn't acknowledge that it exists. Yeah. So we're here to start a trend to acknowledge that it, it exists. It had a great DLC uh, season pass. I think this might have been one of the few ones where you could actually buy the DLC separately. Could be wrong. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. You could get the you could buy each pack individually if you wanted to. Um, but yeah, you uh, wrote up a lovely introduction here, and I and I think that's a great place to kick us off. Yep, uh, Fire Emblem Warriors is set in the land of Aetolis and follows Rowan and Lyanna, the twin uh, prince and princess of the country. Um, I think they're twin. I, they might might be separated by nine months, but as well as their friend Darius, the prince of the neighboring country of Griston. Uh, I may be misremembering that one. I played it a couple days ago, but I think it's something like that for the neighboring country. As Aetolis suddenly comes under attack by mysterious monsters... Uh, Rowan, Liana, and Darius are out practicing swordplay, sparring in the courtyard when suddenly portals appear in the air and drop these monsters. Uh, during the escape, they're given a sacred shield by their mother when she becomes trapped during that 
escape. Uh, there's a cave-in, and she's on one side there and the others. Uh, so they escape. I have to enlist uh, the help of heroes from fire, other Fire Emblem games who hold the gems to power up the shield. Uh, the Sacred Shield is what you traditionally see as a Fire Emblem in many of the games. It's a shield with five orbs that you can put in it. Um, I think they call it something else in this game. I can't remember exactly what they call them. But it's the game is, instead of your traditional Fire, fire Emblem you know, strategy maps, is a Dinosaurs 1 versus 100 style of gameplay. Uh, features characters from Awakening, Shadow Dragon, and Fates. Plus, Lynn and Celica making cameos, and of course, Anna shows up, because it's Anna. She shows up everywhere. Uh, included three DLC waves with various characters who appeared in the story mode, as well as, I think, a couple of them that weren't anywhere in the story. But, like, during the story mode, a Wayne appeared, but you didn't get him till the Awakening DLC. Uh, and I think there are a couple others that appeared in the story mode, but weren't unplayable until the DLC. It contains consists of 22 story chapters and that that's like 20 chapters plus a prologue and an epilogue uh and 15 quote-unquote history maps which are various maps from other fire emblem games with little 8-bit sprites uh i say randomly placed but they could be placed in where they would have appeared in the actual original game uh to represent you know each sprite you would go and you'd fight a different uh, Warriors, Dynasty Warriors, Musou-style battle in there with various challenges and restrictions. Uh, the game used various Fire Emblem tropes in it, such as classes, Master Seals, uh, the Weapon Triangle, effectiveness against certain enemies. Uh, you'd get weapons that were effective against dragons and monsters, as well as the traditional archers being strong versus flyers. You know, stuff like that. Um, however, unlike the previous Warriors crossover, which was the Hyrule's War, Hyrule Warriors, and I guess now the following crossover since Age of Calamity came out, uh, not all the units had unique skill sets, which I think was kind of an issue they'd encountered. I, I got lucky in that Lissa had a unique skill set, uh, but not everyone did. No. Yeah, and some of those were paid characters as well, I believe. Like some... Um... Uh, would, would you call them clones or like mirror yeah there, there were a bunch of clones and some of them were the um uh paid characters i think some of the paid characters were clones um uh livia who was one of the paid characters was actually not a clone which was nice uh i think lynn was she was a she was a kind of a clone of navarre was she not um, Navarre would have been a clone of Lynn if she is, if they are a clone. Oh, because, right, Lynn was in the game. Lynn was in the base game. I think she's actually unlocked in a history map instead of through the story. I think her and Selka were in history maps instead of in the story. But they were, uh, you know, the first of the two. Found a list here that sh shows who the clones were, I thought. But yeah, Zero, Obero, Niles were in one pack for Fates. Shadow Dragon had Lynn, Minerva, and Navarre. Waking at it, Wayne Tharger and Olivia. Yeah, Lynn and Selica are also playable. Shared movesets. Here it is. I forgot to expand it. Uh, characters sharing the moveset on the bow are Takumi, Sakura, Anna, and Niles, who was the DLC characters. Uh, Cordelia, Hanoka, and Sita, uh, all flying Lancer, uh, you know, Pegasus Lance units, are all share a moveset. Uh, Rowan and Liana and Darius as an enemy all share a move set, and those are sword. Uh, Karam and Lucina share a move set. Martha and Celica share a move set. Ryoma and Owain 
share a moveset. Lynn and Navarre share a moveset. Leo and Elise, Mounted Mages share a moveset. Robin, Tharja. Robin and Tharja and Tharja was DLC share a moveset as, uh, you know, infantry uh, mages. And Camilla and Minerva as Pegasus, or not, Wyvern riders share a moveset. So Corrin, Xander, Lissa, Frederick, Tiki, Azura, Obero, Lind, and Olivia all have unique movesets. Uh, Olivia and Lind are both um, on-foot mages and sword users with unique movesets. Obero uh, and Azura are lance uh, infantry lance units. Tiki is a dragon, so, you know. Uh, Frederick's the only mounted axe unit, and Liss is the only infantry axe unit. Uh, Xander, I guess, is the only mounted uh, sword unit. And Corrin, uh, because of Corrin's, you know, character in the story, is kind of unique. Because, you know, the half-turning into dragon while fighting with sword. Yeah. So. Yeah. I remember when this game got announced... Um... It might not have been when it was announced, but it was certainly on its way out. It's actually funny because it was coming out right around the same time as Fire Emblem Heroes. Um, We started this podcast a year after Fire Emblem Heroes had started. So Warriors had kind of done its run, even of its DLC, I think, while we were starting this podcast. Um, I believe that, obviously, our, our TGI Discord, where we have the Fire Emblem channel, we were discussing Warriors because we were playing it. It was part of the reason that uh, the Fire Emblem channel was, was created is because we had two games that we were playing quite a bit of. And um, this was also around the time that they launched uh, Shadows of Valencia. So that's why you see Celica in there as like sort of a rogue character, uh, sort of like a, a promo for that game. And I just remember this was also the time right before this launched, we got our preview uh, or our first sort of confirmation that Three Houses would be coming uh in in the next i guess at that point the next two or three years if i recall correctly this was announced the same time as uh echoes and you know a hint of uh fire emblem switch yeah i'm trying to remember you know, as also when i think this was also originally announced the same day as uh heroes was announced yeah there was a big big fire emblem sort of announcement and now that i'm thinking more about it we might be merging two nintendo directs i know there was a fire emblem specific direct like just fire emblem i think that's where this or at least some details on this were they might announce this on the regular nintendo direct and then on the fire emblem direct they gave a bit more details as well as details about heroes and echoes yeah so i might be you know mixing up my timeline because i think i'm pretty sure i remember i was traveling and it was in the winter so i think fire emblem heroes was coming out in february of that year um fire emblem warriors came out was coming out in october and i think you're right we got the fire emblem warriors announcement the phase coming soon game launching next month and we're also working on a mainline fire emblem it was literally just fire emblem switch that did not have I a think that's also when we first heard about echoes as well yeah, I think Echoes also launched that year, and that was that was coming out in the summer. It might have been like a yeah. A, yeah, I do remember that. And man, I just I really want another Echoes, but that that's a different topic for a different day. Um, but yeah, like this this game uh, was the second Dynasty Warriors game I, I ever played because I had played Hyrule Warriors before this, and I was really excited to see that 
um, that treatment applied to the Fire Emblem franchise. I felt like it was a good fit. And yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited that we're bringing it to the show because I feel like uh, yep. we kind of missed it. It's fun to discuss it. Uh, it feels like they've screwed up a lot of things with it, which is our different, you know, feels bad to say, but it just kind of is how it feels because like um, even the, the original Hyrule Warriors had unique uh, skill sets for... I think every single character, and there were a lot more characters in, or the same number or more characters in there. You know, um, Age of Calamity has another bunch of unique skill sets, and yet this has a bunch of reuse skill sets all right there. And I mean, there are two ways they could have done it: and is either go with unique skill sets for everyone, maybe let Rowan and Liana have the same skill set because they're the same character, uh, pretty much. You know, just a male and female version, but everyone else have unique skill sets, or go full Fire Emblem and make the skill sets based on your class, and but allow different characters to have multiple classes. You know, like all Myrmidons fight the same, all warriors fight the same, uh, but like you know, Krom can be a warrior or a Myrmidon or a fighter or something. You know, and so he can fiddle around with multiple skill sets. In their uh, enhanced versions, kind of my thoughts on it. It's either give them all unique ones, or you know, just make it more Fire Emblem by making it based on the classes, and allow various a little more variety or choice of classes. You know. Yeah, I I remember my struggles with the game were more based on just the the Dynasty Warriors aspect of it, and I and I have the same issue with Hyrule Warriors and. Um, uh, Age of Calamity in that there's just a lot of grinding for a lot of stuff. And if you really love one character, God forbid you love multiple characters, but if you even have one character that you really love, be prepared to play a lot of maps as that character to just unlock like their best weapon. And I think that's where I've struggled. Not even feasible. That's not even feasible because, you know, there are various maps that have certain restrictions. Yeah. So you either have to you know spend a boost the character and try to play through with them. So you got to have like a little staple of character, a stage of whatever, a little group of characters to play through as, you know, because there are maps that require only female characters. There are maps that require only mounted characters or only sword characters, you know. And like I play Lissa, who's neither mounted nor sword so if i play a sword one i have to pick a sword character to use if i play a mounted one i have to pick a mounted character to level up and use Mm -hmm. and then there was also the whole unique weapons um i mean it sort of makes sense that certain characters have special weapons unique weapons because like you know during the story uh crom gets the falchion uh lucina gets the parallel falchion um you know, uh, Hinoka gets Hinoka's spear, Camilla gets Camilla's axe or whatever. Uh, stuff like that all makes sense. But Lissa didn't get a unique weapon until the Awakening DLC, which was the last DLC. And, to, you know, so if so me, who was meaning Lissa because she's my favorite character and I liked her skill set, um, you know, I'm using the generic weapons until the third DLC, and I still don't have her fully unlocked um, weapon because 
in order to get the item to unlock her top tier uh, power, I'm just using a generic hero axe that doesn't even give me any special skills. Because in order to unlock that special power in her unique weapon, I have to beat all the maps on her special history map, I think maybe even with an S rank, and then fight a special battle to get that. And then her unique weapon is usable. And by the time I get there, there's a good chance I'll have maybe 20 levels to unlock on her. You know? I mean, mm. the fact that I kind of main her in most stuff means I'll get plenty of use out of her. Even if I max her out, get her to, I think, 150 is the level cap. You know? But it's all high-level stuff. Whereas someone like, you know, I think the first DLC was um uh fates so someone from fates you know you can unlock their fully powered uh unique weapon you know down in the 50s but i have to wait till the you know upper hundreds to or mid mid hundreds low to mid hundreds to even think about a getting lissa's unique weapon much less fully empowering it mm-hmm yeah, there was some balancing stuff there, I think, that is that is pretty noticeable on some characters. And, I mean, like, we're going to be talking a lot about uh, about the game, and the plan is basically to do um, monthly discussions uh, to start in terms of, like, to, to see where we're at in terms of if we need more time, we'll, we'll sort of move some stuff around. But uh, as of right now, we've split the game into three parts um, based on the games that sort of are being added to the mix. So there's a section of awakening chapters which go through chapter 5, which is what we're going to be starting with uh, the week of October 25th. We'll also discuss characters and DLC related to that, so that falls in line with Eddie's discussion of, uh, of Lissa and the Awakening DLC. And uh, from there it goes to Fates, and then heads into Shadow Dragon, and of course we mentioned there's a couple of side characters like Lynn and Celica. So we'll fit those in. Oh, and Anna as well. We'll fit those in as uh, as we go. But that's the current plan, is we'll do three special discussions for Fire Emblem Warriors. And I guess you can count this one as well. So we're doing four. Um, but uh, excited to jump back into the game. Eddie and I, I, I think we both, I don't know if Eddie's going to go all in on this. We talked a bit pre-show. But I, I plan to at least dive in and do like a couple story chapters, just to get a feel for that section of the story, possibly dive back in with some of my favorite characters, because it's been years since I've played the game, and I am excited to kind of go back and check it out, but I, I by no means plan on playing all the chapters, because uh, that would be a lot, but I believe I, I finished the game, so I could probably go back and at least watch the cutscenes, right? There, I think there is a cutscene viewer. Maybe, I think so. I don't know. I didn't really find it when I was glancing through. Yeah. Um, I already played through the first map, you know, um, I'll probably play through every story chapter just to make sure I have the story fresh in my head, which I could just do cutscenes, but I think I'll probably just play through them. Uh, maybe I'll try and finally get that Lissa weapon, but who knows? Like I said, it's kind of insane what I need to do and need to get certain characters up to certain strengths and yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, if you do end up going for it. Not- not to mention, on October 29th, I'm going to get a bit distracted, so, with the second wave of the Age of Calamity DLC dropping. True. You don't want to have... The last thing you need is two Dynasty Warrior games on the go, so uh, 
I would suggest not going all in. I mean, most likely I'll probably try and go in all in, go in, go all in early in the month, uh, this month, and then spend the end of the month playing around with uh, Age of Calamity and probably last minute in November do the second section. Or maybe I'll try and do the first two sections and write them up somewhere on the side in our notes. Well, there you go. Well, um, other than that, for Game Club, we're also doing our Extra Life promotion. If you go to bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan, you can donate to this lovely charity. For every $10, you get a game vote and you can stack. And these will go towards our first 2022 Game Club of Summoner's Call. And as a bonus, if Summoner's Call listeners raise over $200, we will also do a game club of Tokyo Mirage Sessions. That's right, another Fire Emblem adjacent game that we are uh, bringing into the fold, um, just like Intelligent Systems did once. So, quick, quick side question for the Mirage Sessions: If we raise the 200, is Mirage Sessions an option to be first, and we'll do whatever the second game is? After that, or is Mirage Sessions definitely second no matter what next year? I I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, I don't have a preference, but I would say that if it was Fire Emblem Three Houses, I might like toss Tokyo Mirage Sessions ahead of that. Um, it makes no difference to me, but if the listeners have like a like a strong feeling about it, they can certainly let us know. But honestly, I feel like people will just allow us to do what, what we want to do. I, I, I'm telling you here, like 2022 Game Club, um, if we raise $200, we'll have whatever the voting does, and we'll have Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I can guarantee that. Never thought about order, but honestly, in, in the back of my mind, I just figured we'd do the, the vote and then Tokyo Mirage Sessions, but I'm happy to swap them. If, if in your vote you prefer Mirage Sessions to go first, let us know. Like, put in Mirage Sessions as your vote, and if we, if we don't raise enough... Put in a second place vote type thing. You know, what game if we don't get the hit the 200 mark? Yeah, that works. You know, um, we'll we'll go through the list of contact points at the end of the show shortly. But yeah, like hit us up either in the donation comment, email, Discord. We're pretty much we're wide open in terms of availability uh, for you to pass on feedback. So welcome to hear it. And you know, just as a note, when you're voting, make sure that uh, we have easy slash legal access to the game. Um, Japanese only GameCube slash Wii versions are off the table, unfortunately. Um, three houses, make sure you state your preferred path, although we are looking at limiting it to the um, Edelgard route and the uh, Blue Lions route at this stage, because the church route is very close to Verdant Wind, which we just spent nine months crafting for Game Club. Uh, and no repeats. So uh, all this information is on our websites in the show notes. You can check that out. We really appreciate the support. Um, when you donate, we'll announce it on the show so that people can keep track of who's in the lead. Uh, so definitely hit up bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan. Donate to this great cause and choose our first or second game club, depending on how much we raise. So there we go. Um, as I said, you can find more information on our website, gamersinpodcast.com slash Faye. You can email the show, Faye at gamersinpodcast.com. Check out the Fire Emblem channel in the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Eddie at Dralfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers in for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforest.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. It's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, and happy summoning.